Does anybody have a coat I could use, please? This is definitely not the right one. Hello, Michigan. Hello, Michigan. And thank you very much for four years ago, but I gave you a lot of auto plants, so I think we're even, right? And we have a lot more moving in, a lot more moving in. Just like Nuremberg. Thank you very much. I love you, too. We love you. That is not something you usually get at a political rally. No. No. We love you. That is something. Oh, you said you had a new Lincoln Project ad that's even over the top compared to the last one, and I find that hard to believe. It's absolutely terrible. Plus, I, I want to just do a brief review of the uh, Matt Taibbi piece entitled cool. The Worst Choice Ever in which he calls this year's election a vomit milkshake, which is unpalatable at best. I'm going to go to another ice cream parlor (laughs) if that's the only one you guys have. I don't care if they're free. Biden called for a national mask mandate over the weekend. It's not believed that legally you can do that, but, you know, it's a a gesture. It's a... Oh, it's an idiotic gesture. It's terrible. I take it seriously, and he doesn't gesture. L.A. Times with an article out about how Trump's toxic masculinity appeals to some black men. Of course, it has to be something negative. If right. Trump appeals to black voters in a way that other Republicans haven't, currently it looks like he's going to get about 18% of the black vote, which I think would be a record. Yeah, it's not about um, jobs. It's not about respect. It's not about criminal justice reform. It's that, you know, black guys like to beat people, and, and Trump does. Yeah, yeah it's got to nice. be something negative. That, yeah, that's not at all condescending and, and horrific like we were describing earlier. If Trump wins, the left elected him. And stuff like that is exactly why. Can you imagine? I'd like to apologize to, to all, of, all of black America for the condescension you get from pol- politicians. It's disgusting to me. Anybody who believes that you're, you all are worthy of respect as human beings have got to cringe at what politicians say oh it's terrible i'm rolling through my notes from the weekend stuff i came across so walmart announced i think while we were on friday that they were pulling all their guns and ammo out of the display cases and going to keep them in the the back room but then they changed their mind over the weekend public Mm. pressure or something i don't know what i came across this eight of the 10 biggest weeks for gun sales have been since march of this year wow eight of the 10 biggest weeks for gun sales have been since march of this year uh, and many of those, many of those were for people buying guns for the first time. Better start those gun buyback programs pretty quick there, well, Kamala. Th- that particular article, the argument was, you know, uh, that just a sign of what sort of violence we might be looking at with the election and crazy Trump supporters and this, that. I think it's just as clear as you saw rioting in cities all of Ameri- all over America and the cops not doing anything to stop it. And you thought, well, Ding! I was never going to have a gun in my life, but I guess if they don't. Stop people from marching down your street and coming into your home. I might need a gun. I think that's all there is to it. Another example of the left getting Trump reelected. And then we've got to get to the idiotic Lincoln Project uh, um, ad, anti-Trump ad. Um, Long Beach businesses taking extra precautions and boarding up their storefronts as the nation nears the final stretch of one of the most contentious presidential elections in recent times. If you don't know Long Beach. Long um, Beach. Too much drama in the LBC, in my opinion. But um, 
It ain't wealthy uh, Republicans who are going to riot and smash up businesses and burn down businesses. Why don't you just go ahead and say it? Long Beach businesses barricade storefronts to prepare for possible election unrest is the headline. Uh, Long Beach uh, Post. Rewrite that. Long Beach businesses barricade storefronts to prepare for angry Democrat voters' violence. It's unlikely 100%. it's going to be the Patriot whatever, one of Proud Boys or whatever, no, going please. through Long Beach smashing Absolutely stuff Absolutely not, no. They only smash people who try to smash them in the head. In fact, I don't know if there's any example of, for instance, the Proud Boys um, doing any damage to property. Other than, you know, if they get into a scuffle with a bunch of Antifa guys and, you know, like, uh, you know, mess with their personal property. Anyway, uh, so I think that's pretty notable. The Lincoln Project is a bunch of never-Trump Republican hacks. Um, And if you don't like Trump, you're a conservative, you're a Republican, whatever, and you don't like Trump, it's plenty not to like. I'm not saying anybody who's not hot for Trump is a hack. These guys are hacks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Michael, I'm going to play some audio over here. Sorry, I meant to tip you off on that. We played uh, the Lincoln Project ad uh, last week for you. Social. In which... Um, the thing that drives me the craziest is one of their leaders is... Uh, what's his name? Schmidt. Steve Schmidt. Uh, yeah. yeah. One of the leaders reviled by the left. He's the guy that chose Sarah Palin. He was running the McCain campaign in, two, in 2008. He chose Sarah Palin. You hated him. He was d- dishonorable. He chose someone who's not qualified to be president. How terrible is he? Now he's just he's treated. What do you have to say, Steve Smith, they say on MSNBC all day long? Republican <laughs> strategist here to tell us how wonderful Democrats are. Steve, go ahead. Ugh. Anyway, so we played you the sad uh, yesterday where the, the little boy is... is scared because Trump just got elected for the 15th time or whatever. And you hear <laughs> Nazis at Nuremberg style chanting in the background. It's just so having, having done away with the two term policy. He's still running elections. Yeah. For some yeah. Reason. It's a little right. hard. To, yeah. It doesn't hold together that well. well. It's phony elections. And it's you, like Putin. Okay. And you wait till election night to. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the crowd is so surprised that he won for the, you know, whatever, 12th term or something. He's 106 <laughs> years old at this point. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Again, I'm going to have to describe some of this because it's pretty heavily visual. And it leans heavily on historical footage of Fidel Castro. There you go. Okay, here we go. Here's the audio. Michael, crank it up. Socialist authoritarians all start the same way. There's the people in the streets. strutting like a rooster, posing for cameras. There's the young Castro. Prancing before adoring crowds. Ooh, huge crowd in Havana. Promises of prosperity and justice. Given one of his impassioned speeches. Then, the oh, persecution of faith and dissent. Guys with guns. Guy gets executed the right propaganda. Enemies lists. Informers. The secret police. The knock on the door. The stolen lands. Homes and dreams of generations. More guys with guns? Yes. Authoritarians always start the same. Another execution. That's why more and more people are saying... Trump is just English for Castro. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Trump is just English for Castro. So that's an ad aimed at Florida. Yeah. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to buy that. God, it's the bloodiest political ad I've ever seen in my life. They have two actual executions. 
and people menacing guys with guns marching into villages and the rest of it. You know what? Um, and Joe is absolutely right. I mean, that there's all kinds of people that can make an argument why you don't want to support Trump. That is a legitimate argument. You know, you don't uh, like this policy or that policy, or you don't think that sort of person should be a role model for our kids, or whatever your, you know, whatever your argument is. Um, but I think a lot of these people, the Lincoln Group, and then some other people that I'm not going to mention because I like them, but I think they're, I think they don't even know that they're in this group. They just hate that somebody from outside their crowd was able to to become president. Mm-hmm. They they even though you might be a Republican or Democrat and you battle with these people, you're still all part of an elite group. You live in Washington D.C. and you're the super smart people that run the country. And when somebody came along and got the nomination from your party and then got elected president without your okay or or against your harsh condemnation, with by not following any of the rules that you all had set up amongst yourselves, that is so maddening to you. Because it's only for you guys, the Jeb Bushes of the world, the other people that have lived in your world, yeah. that you all you know go to parties together and intermarry and all that sort of stuff. Somebody from the outside doing that, that is so maddening to that crowd. I really think that's a lot of it. Yeah, I would agree. It was you a- don't get to get elected president without hiring us to run your campaign. We're the geniuses. Right. We're the geniuses. I ran Bush's campaign or McCain's campaign or whatever. We're we're the people that know about ad buys and all this sort of stuff and the ground games. And you're going to do it without us? Screw you. And then he won. And it's, well, you know, what a thumb in the eye that is. Well, exactly. And they would vowed to stop Trump. And he steamrolled them. And so they're humiliated by that. And they're really anxious to regain their seat at the table. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. That's, you know. Aside from the legitimate gripes people have with Donald J. I think there's a certain amount of that with Bernie, too. Uh, that they, uh, you, what, you're not going to vote with us? You're not going to, you're not going to follow our rules? Screw you. And they just, our Democrats have their, you know, are uh, more cohesive enough to actually stop him. Yeah. Bernard Sanders. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've come up with a new policy. I have a couple of different thoughts for email because, um, and I don't know if it's uh, new listeners or just the tenor of the times, but. Uh, people uh, have decided that it's okay to be like verbally abusive and just mean, um, and so I have. Two, Where on social media? Uh, well, yeah, and on our email. I mean, emails to the show. Oh, I screen capture that. I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> um, so I have two possible <laughs> uh, uh, courses of action. Number one, I was thinking of starting a new email address and just letting people know who I know to be uh, reasonably smart and reasonable. That's and, a pretty and, good idea. Actually. And useful contributors to the show, because there are quite a few of you who are just absolutely terrific. Sounds like censorship. Um, <laughs> Way to go, Dorsey. Are you going to grow the yeah, beard yeah, now? Joe Dorsey, nice nose piercing. You're going to start getting in a hot tub and then a sauna every night? Mm-hmm. No, no. A sauna and then a ice bath every night? <laughs> Right? No. No. Huh? No. You're going to get a nose ring now? No. I don't want a nose ring. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's uh, plan A. Plan B is just, and I'm scanning the email list right now, the the whole uh, attitude of I can't suggest something or correct anything without being verbally abusive, that crowd, I'll just block them all. Every single one. The minute anybody is impolite, mm. I will block them. Mind your manners or you will be ignored. We got this text. I'm a security officer just down the street from you guys right now, and the, man- and the management decided to board up their windows. They're so worried about it. Yeah. Because of what? Specifically, everybody, tell the truth. New York Times never will. Washington Post won't. But 
The left is creating a monster. There are some monsters on the left, but they've created a monster that uh, believes just the most ridiculous, like, monster stories about Trump and Republicans. The whole Hitler thing. I pity you if you actually believe that crap, because you must be terrified. Uh, good news. It's not true. Not in the least. The, bar- the guy barely wants to be president one more time. Like two, three more times? You're out of your mind. I'm not a fan of Hitler. Anyway. Do you, any of you think there's a chance, albeit a small one, that the mainstream media wants Trump to win? He's been unbelievable for their bottom line. There's got sure. to be a little bit oh, of yeah. the, 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 you know, maybe not Rachel Maddow individually, but her producer or the people who uh, take a look at her ratings and the advertising revenue who think, boy, another four years of Trump and we'd be huge. Sure, of course they do. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. More away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Panera announced that it's adding pizza to its menu, which is the kind of fun story your aunt would have posted on Facebook before their algorithms made her a white supremacist. (laughs) That is a funny joke. Wow, it is, too. The audience, a little uncomfortable. I like the guy who does Baby Yoda on uh, on Saturday Night Live. That is a hilarious bit. Never seen it. He's very street. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, just just funny. Uh, speaking of which, The Mandalorian, good first episode. Oh, it was their longest episode ever. It was great. Really it, enjoyed it. As we were discussing real early in the show today, it was hilariously just a Western in different clothing. It was amazing. Yeah, There's yeah. a marshal in the, uh, the dried-up old Western town. A mining town. A mining town, yeah. exactly. It's seen better days. He's trying to clean up the town and... And a bartender. Wasn't sure the Mandalorian was a good guy or a bad guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was something. Yeah. Um, I had another point. Oh, and so- there was a, there a villain outside of town that they all uh, joined up to vanquish. I mean, just like, uh, the, 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 what's the, the one? Uh, uh, it doesn't. Every Clint Eastwood movie. The one where they paint the town to look like hell. Paint the town red? Is that the name of it? Paint your wagon. No. No? No. Nope. Paint your bald spot. <laughs> nope, that's not it either. <laughs> um, uh, Bill Maher on Friday night said, let's skip the Civil War part of this, so we'll get to that next segment, and how this election is like, or this season is like others we've had throughout history in so many different ways, going clear back to the 1800s, so we'll talk about that then. We're just looking up at the TV, and political pundit James Carville is on MSNBC, and we're talking about the election. Uh, he got Bill Clinton elected 30 years ago, um, and we were just discussing how he is uh, a guy who does, does not care how he looks on television. Oh, no. He uh, he comes as he is. <laughs> he wears a sweatshirt and a ball cap and is clearly not worried about the lighting on his Zoom call. And I was thinking about that. I don't know if anybody saw the picture I tweeted out from Halloween night. I dressed as a handsome man for Halloween mm. and went trick-or-treating. And... Um, uh, Probably not a flattering picture I put out, but I was I was thinking as I looked at the picture, that's one of the very few advantages of getting older, is you just, there's just no reason you can imagine caring about that sort of thing. Mm, like right. how you look or whatever. Just, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. What the hell difference does it make? <laughs> and to who? And then why did it ever matter? 
So there are advantages to aging. That's what I would throw out there. One, maybe few. one, but they're very, one. they're very few. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that flashed up on the screen, I actually took a screen capture of it. I want to get this exactly right. Let me uh, open up my pics here on my allegedly smartphone. How smart is it? Changes the right word to a wrong word all the time. All right. What What are you doing now? See, I told you it was dumb. Uh, there it is. TikTok and politics. Teens making their voices heard. Like, I want to listen to some child's view of politics, and they're featuring that on the news? Shut up, children. Do your homework. Nobody cares what you think. So will we do tomorrow what we've done in elections past where people get to call in, and how much time do we give them? 15 seconds? Like 10 seconds, something to like that. To spout about whatever, uh, you know, prop, candidate, what, whatever election day race thing you've got from wherever, even if we don't understand it, you know, hit your little argument for it. And in the past, I've, I've found it pretty Fort Lauderdale inter- deserves Measure B. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing, although, you know, a, a, a description of a little of it would be good, just to give us an idea of who's now listening. Now take too long. What you're into. Whatever we determine the shot clock should be, I feel like it needs to be uh, exercised without prejudice. Oh, absolutely. You oh, go I'm past right. the time and the button. No, you're done. No, if you say the most important thing, you got to remember. Ah! Should have led with that. Yeah, you should have led with the most important thing. Mm. But it'll be fun this year because we're on 50 stations now across the country. So that's a wide variety of different sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So you don't think it's going to be fun? Are you against Measure B? That's my only question. Fort Lauderdale? You don't think Fort... No? Let's skip the Civil War. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Looking up at Trump at a rally right now in North Carolina where it appears to be quite cold. Um, he's got that advantage that all incumbents have of the presidential seal on your podium in front of you and Air Force One behind you, which is a good look. Yep. For yep. Can I picture this person as president? I think you can. Sure is. Yeah. Um, what uh, stats on voting did you, did you just come across there, Sean? Uh, of the 93 million Americans that have already voted, 24 million didn't vote in 2016 and 8 million voted for the very first time in their lives. That's astounding. Wow. So close to processing a, those numbers. So around a third of that 90 million didn't vote last time. Uh, the, the 8 million could very well be a part of those 24 million. So you don't necessarily add those together. Um, and we also don't know what a typical quote unquote new voter turnout in terms of I didn't vote last election. I, I doubt that number zero, right? There's maybe 10 million every. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much higher this is than typical. That's good analysis. But. But it's interesting nonetheless. Well, and we have no idea whether that trend will be similar with in-person voting either. So many unknowns, Jack. So many unknowns. This is known. The Clint Eastwood movie we were talking about is High Plains Drifter. There you go. From 1972. Thank you very much, Chris. Unless Chris is wrong, then angry emailers (laughs) will be angrily emailing uh, in seconds. So the presidential election is tomorrow. Uh, Election day is always a little weird for us because we're on early in the day, and there's really nothing known early in the day. So that's a known unknown. While there is a tremendous amount of excitement, you don't actually have anything more to talk about. Not really. Uh, so we'll have other stuff for you. We can discuss the Green Party. We can discuss the Green Party and their failure once again. Um, when did Alexis de Tocqueville write on democracy in America? 1968. That's the pseudonym I use when I'm writing for high times. 
Could you look up that for me? That on, was going to be dem- my rap name. <laughs> on Democracy in America. Tocqueville. I'm f- for some reason, I have 1837 in my head, but that doesn't mean it's correct. Eh, close enough. Anyway, how <laughs> is it? Yeah. What, I mean, very little what, change between, say, 1835 and 1850. Right. I mean, as long as you're close. Uh, I was reading this opinion piece. How Lincoln survived the worst election ever. There are many parallels between 1860 and 2020. And uh, I saw the book written by the... T- First published in 1835. Okay. Uh, so I was right. And two, two years off. So, um, uh, which is really amazing because his, his nailing of our national character is just, he traveled around the United States and wrote a book about it. And mm-hmm. his nailing of our national character is amazing. I mean, it's not like he had, he went around with a, you know, a million dollars worth of pollsters <laughs> and, uh, you know, really dug into various people's preferences right. or whatever. Yeah. He just went around the country and talked to a few people. And not only that, it's all still true. I was just going to say, it could have been written in 1968. What? No, I was kidding. That's the part that I've never quite understood. How did he understand our weird puritanism, let yet wild streak, you know, all that sort of stuff. And how is that all still true with the amount of immigration we've had and everything like that over the years? He's up there with Orwell and Huxley for being 50 times more insightful than, than, you know, than most of us. And and elections are the same also. So listen to this. Long before COVID-19, Alexis de Tocqueville described a presidential election as a form of sickness in which the body politic becomes dangerously feverish before returning to normal. <laughs> Emotions ran too hot, and the fragile forms of a consensus that were essential for democracy, what Tocqueville called our habits of the heart, evaporate as party hacks exhausted themselves into vitriolic attacks on one another in the system. Yeah, our habits of consensus and, like, you know, figuring out a way to make this all work just disappear during a presidential election. And we wow. go crazy Wow! with a then fever that doesn't break and become normal until after the election. That was true in the 1830s and true in 2020. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. One of my favorite parts, uh, subplots of the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, is the political race that's going on and how they portray the populists and who's got the the momentum, the populist momentum. and The Huey how, Long character. Yeah, exactly. How they get it and how they lose it and the rest of it. And it... Um, you know, it'd be easy to watch that movie and think, boy, politics were stupid back then. <laughs> but uh, that brings us to the present day. I'm a Dapper Dan man. But here's Bill Maher on Friday night talking about the uh, the mood in the country. And finally, new rule, no matter which side wins on Tuesday, let's skip the Civil War and go right to reconciliation. of the voters think there will be another civil war in the next five years. And I'd like to remind them of one thing. America is a family. And the definition of family is people who hate each other without resorting to violence. I hate the crowd in this show. Yeah. We have to see each other, not as mortal enemies, but rather merely as roommates from hell. If we want to simply exist, we're going to have to find a way to work together, like the Rolling Stones. A lot like the Rolling Stones, because we also need a comeback tour to pay the bills. That's good stuff. Um, uh, I agree completely. The, uh, yeah, the the whole, yeah, well, he said it. I don't need to restate it. Um, I hope both sides do agree that, uh, yeah. 
let's just uh, let's move on. If you're unhappy with the results, uh, wait two years. You get another election. And there will be a huge backlash against whoever wins. Right. Uh, as there always is. Well, but he does not have the ear of the people who need to hear that. No, they're not uh, watching HBO on a Friday night to a political show. No, they've left him. The left has left the left. By the way, I forgot to bring Which this in. Equals I, a right, right? I have, to, I have to bring this in today, or I'm going to not going to have my use for it. I got a giant Joe Biden. Oh my God! A what giant, is that? A giant Joe Biden cardboard head. How have you kept that under wraps until now? It's enormous. It it's is like enormous. three feet high. It's very large. It's and, like a cardboard cutout, but just of his noggin. And I'm going to put this over in the corner with our Donald Trump full-size uh, cardboard cutout. And have a chicken poop on it. Where did you get that? That's that's freaky, man. That's like scary, weird. Where do you find something like that? It is a little freaky, isn't it? Yeah, I've used it in the house. I don't know. It's giving me the will. I've used it at home with the house. Like, it'll just peek around the corner when the kids are coming down the hall. You know, that sort of <laughs> oh, thing. I'm sure they <laughs> love that. <laughs> A giant Joe Biden head. That won't I, cause them nightmares. They were selling them at the Halloween store. It was like $8. Really? Sneaking up behind your wife, smelling her hair. <laughs> that's Not a, good, a joke. That's a good purchase, though. Oh, boy. And here's why it's scary. Matt Taibbi, the worst choice ever. Donald Trump is a disaster, but Joe Biden's party is Democratic in name only. That's what we're talking about. The The, the militant left is not Democrats. They... um. They're hoping to control the machinery of the Democratic Party, but they're burning cities and smashing windows and beating people down in Trump hats. Why this year's election is a vomit milkshake, which is perhaps the worst phrase I've ever heard. We go somewhere else, Matt. Why do you bring us back to this diner every time? I will uh, give you a few words from his screen and pay off the rest, perhaps after a brief commercial break. But uh, Joe Biden is a corpse with hair plugs. Well, that's just that's like from, your opinion, man. That's from liberal Matt Taibbi. Uh, so uh, the rest of that, I assume, it doesn't get any more complimentary. But I assume he gets into like the, the realities of the politics of it and not just physical shots or oh, age shots? I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, clearly. So uh, stay tuned for that, won't you? Uh, would you like a fries? Fries with those milkshakes? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. On election night, I think what we're going to have to look at, to me, the two most important states for a path to the president's victory are North Carolina and Pennsylvania. I think he will win Florida. I think he will win Georgia. I think he will win Arizona. But I think North Carolina and Pennsylvania are the two that are the biggest key for him. And those are the ones I'm going to keep my eye on. He needs to win both. He's got to win both. Absolutely. He's got to win both um, because I think that's the most likely path for him to be able to follow. Arizona, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. He's reelected. Those are the two states I'm going to be looking at. I don't understand that at all. I mean, if you're on a path to the White House and you're in North Carolina, you just continue north through Virginia. You take 95, the interstate. How would you end up in Pennsylvania? Through there, I don't know. Idiot. Um, uh, The reason I've been focusing on Florida, and not me, I didn't invent this, but uh, Florida and North Carolina is we will know those results not only tomorrow, but like maybe right when the polls close because they're states that got to start counting early. And Florida closes at 8, North Carolina closes at 7.30 Eastern. So 4.30 and 5 o'clock West Coast time, they might be announcing Florida and North Carolina have gone for Trump. Then it's a 50-50 race, according to 
you know, 538, Nate Silver and others. Because mm-hmm. that, that, if, if Trump doesn't win either one of those, really, it's damn hard to pull it off. Now, the Pennsylvania thing, that could be the deciding state, but there's almost no way we're going to know what that is for days. Just because they don't start counting. Their laws are they don't start counting till tomorrow. Mail-in ballots and such. Yeah. Mean? Yeah. yeah. So there's oh. a, and it's going to be close. So th- there's and it a, could be Florida and North Carolina are both too close to call, too. It could easily be. Could be. Could be. With 87% of the precincts reporting, Jack, we got no freaking idea what's going on. Do you know on. what the threshold is for too close to call? Is it like within 4%, 5%? changed in 2000, I'll tell you that. Because as I mentioned, I was going back and listening to the news coverage on uh, Gore versus uh, Bush, and it's embarrassing in retrospect. Should have been embarrassing at the time. The networks fighting each other to be the first to call various states. Right. And just getting it wrong. Yeah. What's the harm in waiting? And they all called it for Florida. I think NBC went first. It doesn't matter. But then when everybody else saw, NBC's called it for Florida. Well, we better call it for Florida. We can't be a, you know, nobody's going to watch us if we're CNN and we haven't called it for Florida. So everybody calls it. Then they had to all start walking it back. Well, I know we said Florida for Gore. Well, actually. We don't actually know. So sorry about that. Yeah. Nice. Hey guys, and I remember that there was a big, great reckoning afterward about being more responsible and more restrained. Blah 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 blah. It lasted for a while. <laughs> yes, Michael. Quick question: If there's long lines and it hits eight o'clock, do they just shut it off, or if, I mean, how does that work? No, if you're line, if you're in line, if if I remember correctly, they, that uh, they they wait until the lines cleared out. Oh, yeah, Isn't yeah. that right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, the opposite happened last time because I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning uh, with Trump. They didn't call those when it was clear he had won because they just didn't want it to be true or couldn't believe it was true. I mean, I was flipping around the channels and thinking, how have you not called these states? It's or how have you not announced him president? It's over. Yeah, it just took him forever to like come to that realization. That's hilarious. I love that. So Matt Taibbi, old timey liberal. He's not that old. What is he? Fifty maybe. He's 50. Yeah, okay. I think. Uh, brilliant guy. He's a, he's a lefty, a traditional lefty. Uh, he he's, writes that my colleagues at Rolling Stone recently endorsed Joe Biden for president. He quotes the article, Biden's lived experience and expansive empathy make him not just a good, but an outstanding can- candidate. This is a fight between light and darkness. Continuing with Taibbi's words, Joe Biden is a corpse with hair plugs mm. whose idea of empathy is to jam fingers in the sternums of people who ask the wrong questions or call them fat or full of S or dare them to try me. And that's if he remembers what state he's in. So is he writing this in Rolling Stone where he's blasting their endorsement? No. No. No, this is at, uh, what do you call it? Substack. But he Substack. still works for him, doesn't he? I, he still writes for them occasionally, yeah. But he and uh, Glenn Greenwald are both writing on Substack at this point, uh, .com, and, and talking about forming a new thing, so that which you can, excites me. So that you can say these sorts of things. Yeah. And then he talks about uh, terrible mental uh, decline of Biden. Then he says he shares troubling characteristics with the president, beginning with a pathologic check okay, has you, picked up the giant Biden head. That's not helping. Put that away. But seriously, put it away. It's freaking it, me it's out. It's disconcerting. Yeah. Uh, pathological struggle with the truth. No, wiggling it doesn't help, Jack. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Biden spent much of 2020 lying about everything, from his Iraq war vote to his educational history to a fantasy about being arrested in South Africa with Nelson Mandela. The same press that killed him for this behavior in the past let it all slide this time. It is amazing that he got to 
claim he was arrested with Nelson Mandela. Turns out to not be true at all. Yeah. And they just were like, yeah, you know, he exaggerated. He's old. What are you going to do? Because we hate Trump. <laughs> then he calls him a girl toucher and a hair sniffer and the rest of it. And uh... Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And the sort of we were talking earlier about Al Franken, who was on Bill Maher Friday night, lost his job as a U.S. senator for, you know, barely miming boob groping. for barely doing anything. And there's some serious accusations against Biden. But, eh, you know, he's old and he's not Trump. So whatever. Yeah. Well, now you know what you're dealing with. And he swims naked in front of the Secret Service women and they got no choice. Ah, what are you going to do? uses his wang as a rudder. <laughs> Helps keep him, you know. You can't the... expect him to wear swim yeah. trunks in front of young women. Certainly not. You're uncomfortable. Well, you know, there are plenty of accusations about Trump, so that just kind of yeah, got... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but... Well, neutralized. That was, a, that was that? At the, the core of the Franken thing. It was like, we if we keep Franken around, we lose the high ground of being uh, able to point at Donald Trump and et cetera, et cetera, and yeah, it just didn't play point. out that way. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the problem. It, it doesn't work, I mean, because yeah. the Trump accusations were vetted beyond any reasonableness, um, whereas Biden's are, there's nothing to see here, nothing to see here, but America knows more than the media thinks you know. And then you go, oh, what's his name that came out last week? You talk about a story that's dead. Yeah, what is his name? Tony uh, oh, yeah. uh, Spaghetti uh, Sauce. Bobolinsky. What's his name? Bobolinsky. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just gone. Yeah, yeah, for now. Uh, the FBI is going to hand down some sort of indictment for money laundering probably middle of next year. Who he's, knows? And, he talked to the FBI for five hours. With counsel present, yep. They were interested in him enough to talk to him for five hours. The New York Times is not interested enough to talk to him for a minute. Right. And they were talking to him about money laundering. In fact, I've got... I'll have and to, not his own. Maybe I'll get into this tomorrow because uh, NBC specifically stated that it was Russian disinformation again over the weekend. That whole story. That's amazing. I know it is. You know, they've just... I mean, you look at a political uh, operative... Like everything from a Lee Atwater, who is uh, a lot of people credit with bringing in the new brutal era of politics, or James Carville, or any of these pros, they're absolutely willing to lie to get their guy elected or their gal. I mean, that's just part of their job is to frighten you or whatever. They they don't even they chuckle at the idea of anybody not approving of that. The networks that used to tout themselves as truth tellers, they've just signed up for that gig. Now they're Lee Atwater. My. We're afraid we're out of time, Sean. Hi, uh, this is Corn Pop. When I'm not trying to get my razor rusty in a rain barrel, I listen to Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Thanks, Mr. Pop. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is pressing the buttons, Michelangelo. Final thought? Yeah, the wife and I are going to do in-person voting after the show. Hopefully there won't be long lines, but um, I don't know my waterboard or my school board members, so I'm going to have to vote blindly on those. You're going to waterboard your school board member? Is that <laughs> finally, to make them tell the truth. <laughs> Positive Sean's our producer. Sean, a final thought? Easily one of the best, most impactful books that I've ever read in my life has gotten the green light to be made into a movie. They've announced some casting with Tom Hardy and Pete Davidson, among some of the other uh, young Hollywood hot heartthrobs. Uh, the Things They Carried by uh, Tim oh. O'Brien. Uh, phenomenal, oh. phenomenal war book. And I cannot wait for this because, well, Tom Hardy's involved and he's always good. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Good call. Jack, a final thought for us? A shout out to everybody who participated in Halloween. 
that we came by your house. Really do appreciate the fact that you went ahead, you figured out a way to safely distance and get candy to the kids and let them have fun. The kids that trick-or-treated had so much fun. And I, no, no, I, no, you know, no, no. Have the bureaucrats decide and shut it down. To each their own, but those of you who stayed home, man, you only get so many of those Halloweens with your little kids. Yeah, yep, here, here. Uh, my final thought, my ballot has been received. Judy and I are doing the online thingy where you can track your ballot. Now, you count that bastard, all right? In fact, there's a 20 in it if you count it twice. Really? Cool. Just a little thanks for the effort. (laughs) Talking to my county election board, you know who you are. Tomorrow's going to be one of those weird big news days where there's no news until the end of the day, so there's not actually anything to talk about. Ah, there's where you're wrong. People are concerned about armed poll watchers intimidating voters. That could happen. If if it's going to happen, it could happen. Don't do it, everybody. Don't do it. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of the podcasts are downloadable there. If you missed a segment of the show, you can grab it. uh, Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Buy some swag. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing Panera announced that it's adding pizza to its menu, which is the kind of fun story your aunt would have posted on Facebook before their algorithms made her a white supremacist. Armstrong and Getty.